the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you in the past, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation law and a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. And I've also spent the greater part of the last 40 years on this planet fighting for the economic empowerment of women, persons of color, seniors, and because I love my dad so much, veterans. Now, because of my training, experiences, and lifelong interest in business and money and finance and wealth creation and wealth preservation and wealth transfer, and the roles that these particular aspects of the social science of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. And I also practice its first cousins, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and as I like to call it, there's sometimes wayward offspring taxation law. And I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the targets and unfortunately more and more the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that you can ever imagine. So I'm coming to you again today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. That takes a written, executed contract. Instead, This show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help if you have a legal issue that intersects with your finances. So let's jump right to it. Now, continuing our discussion of student loan debt, you should know that there are several avenues available to you to at least attempt to obtain some relief 
from some or all of the student loan debt, both inside a bankruptcy case, on the one hand, as part of a lawsuit that you would initiate inside your overall bankruptcy case, and this is called an adversary proceeding, which is a federal lawsuit inside the federal bankruptcy case, wherein you provide to the bankruptcy court the legal rationale needed to have the court issue an order or judgment on your behalf, relieving you of having to pay some or all of your debt, because having to do so would be an undue hardship upon your you and your loved ones under two, there's two um, tests that are used by courts. The Bruner test utilized by the majority of, of courts, federal courts, and there's also another uh, test called the totality of the circumstances test. Now, under the Bruner test, a debtor in this adversary proceeding um, shows her undue hardship under three relevant factors that she addresses in her lawsuit. Number one, she is in a current state of poverty. That is to say the debtor's current income minus all of her expenses will not yield a minimum standard of living for the debtor and her dependents if the debtor is forced to repay the loan as it stands. The second thing that the debtor must show under the Bruner test is that the debtor's current financial situation is likely to continue for a significant part of the loan repayment period. First, she's in poverty. Second, the poverty is likely to persist. And the third element is that the debtor has heretofore, before she filed for bankruptcy and before she's trying to get this loan discharged, acted in good faith. And that means that she did her darndest to try to pay her student loan debt on time. But she wasn't able to do it. And if she can show those factors to a bankruptcy judge, there is a likelihood and a probability that he or she might discharge the debt in total or at least give the debtor some relief. Now, the second test is called the uh, totality of the circumstances test, where the debtor will present to the court and the court will review and analyze all of the relevant factors that uh, have any bearing on the debtor's ability to repay the debt. There's another option for the debtor, and we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks, that is to put the court and her creditors on notice that she will be using the July 15, 2021 Hamadian decision to show that her private student loan debt falls under that second circuit precedent and that the private student loan debt should be, because of its character, discharged just like all of the debtor's other unsecured debt, like her credit card debt or her lines of credit. Uh, because what normally happens in either a chapter seven, um, if you can't pay the debt, it gets discharged, or in a 13, if having to pay the debt of, of your unsecured creditors falls outside the line, then you don't have to pay it. And so that's what the Hamodian ca- uh, case said, that you know that wasn't the kind of debt that Congress intended to be non-dischargeable. Now, while I'm not certain as to whether the debtor would have to file an adversary proceeding, or just litigate the matter as a contested matter in her underlying case to get the court to agree 
that um, this private student that should be discharged, if it were me and I had, had this was my first case after this decision, I would likely put everybody on notice and see if I could just notify everybody and have it tr- done as a contested matter as opposed to an adversarial proceeding so I could uh, keep my client's expenses down. But, you know, if I would do so and the court would determine that it needed to be done via adversarial procedure, procedure, I would, uh, of course, advise my client to accede to the court's wishes on having the determination determined in the proper uh, venue platform. However, you should know that there are other ways of dealing with your student loan debt outside the bankruptcy court that you really need to consider, including getting in touch with, I call the federales. Those are the people at the United States Department of Education. Uh, They have a federal student aid website located at studentaid.gov to see if you qualify for relief under one or more of the several programs that the Department of Education offers to uh, student loan debtors to get out of debt. And then, and, and I'm going to talk about those different kinds of, 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 of out, outshoots or off-ramps on the other half of this show. But for now, I want to continue on and let you know there are other options. And that is to say, you might want to consider lobbying your congressperson or senator to have them get behind Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer of New York and Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, who are currently applying huge political pressure on President Biden to use his executive powers to wipe out up to $50,000 of student loan debt for each of the 44.7 million, that's million with an M, Americans who are currently saddled with student loan debt and who have been allowed to forego making payments since March of 2020 by this government mandate that unfortunately is due to expire on September 30th. Now, as you may recall, as part of his campaign platform, then candidate Biden said that he would wipe out $10,000 of student loan debt for each American holding the same as a means to push our economy forward. So Schumer, Warren, and members of the Congressional Progressive Caucus want him to increase that commitment by an additional $40,000 for each debtor, bringing it up to $50,000. Okay. And uh, as re- reported by um, Selvin Lane in The Hill this past Tuesday, July 27th, Schumer, Warren, and Congresswoman Elena Presley have all been, you know, applying enormous pressure on the president to offer sweeping student loan forgiveness since, you know, he's been elected. Now, these progressive leaders said this past Tuesday that Biden has an urgent responsibility to act quickly with federal protections that are set to expire at the end of September. Uh, Warren goes on to say these people have have a sword hanging over their head and they need to have some relief uh, from the government. Now, you should know that as reported by Zach Friedman in a series of articles in Forbes.com, one especially July 14, 2021, 
President Biden has already canceled three billion, that's with a B, of student loan debt through direct student loan cancellation since becoming president. First, he canceled $1 billion of student loan debt for 72,000 student loan borrowers via the direct student loan cancellation program. Second, Biden canceled another $1.3 billion of student loan debt for 41,000 borrowers with total and permanent disabilities. And third, Biden has already canceled $1.5 with a billion with a B in student loan debt for the 92,000 student loan borrowers made under the borrower defense to student loan repayment rule that I'll talk about on the other side. Now, the final option may be to ha- where Congress changes the bankruptcy code to make it easier for all kinds of student loan debt to be discharged in bankruptcy. However, as uh, that has not happened yet, and Congress seems to be quite ill at getting legislation done, I don't know if that's a possibility. But then again, who knows? So when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on the other means available to student loan debtors that they may use outside of the bankruptcy court or in conjunction with their bankruptcy to deal with their mounting student loan debt. But first, we'll take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on the avenues available to student loan debtors outside of bankruptcy or maybe in conjunction with their bankruptcy to deal with some of their other debts. So if you have these debts, I recommend that you go to the U.S. Department of Education's federal student loan website. Again, it's located at studentaidoneword.gov. And there's all kinds of uh, uh, windows there, drop-down windows, and look for what it is that you're looking for, student loan forgiveness, (laughs) to see if you qualify for relief under the several programs that are available, including some that are geared just towards teachers who teach low-income students or teach STEM. Uh, But before I go into each one of these programs with a little bit of detail, let's level set here. Now, there's a difference between forgiveness, cancellation, and discharge, and there might be different tax consequences. So the term forgiveness, cancellation, and discharge mean nearly the same thing, but they're used in different contexts depending on how you're going about trying to get relief from your student debt. All refer to reducing or eliminating a borrower's obligation to repay all or a portion of her remaining principal and interest on due on her student loan debt. Now, loan cancellation and loan forgiveness generally refer to the cancellation of a borrower's obligation to repay some or all of the remaining amount on a student loan if the borrower works full-time for a specific period of time in certain occupations or for certain employers. Borrowers are not required to pay income taxes on loan amounts that are canceled or forgiven in this scenario. Then there's loan discharge. 
gen, it generally refers to the cancellation of a borrower's obligation to repay some or all of the remaining loan. Um, but it's for things that are outside, I, I'd say, the debtor's control, like the school closes or the school um, submits false documents to the uh, lending uh, authority on the debtor's behalf. And so that's why this is called a discharge, also in bankruptcy. Now, depending on the type of discharge, the amount of the student loan in these scenarios may be taxable income. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Now, the types of forgiveness, cancellation, and discharge. The first one we'll look at is public service loan forgiveness. If you are employed by a government or a nonprofit organization, that means the U.S. federal government, the state government, local government, a tribal government or not-for-profit organization, including the United States military, and you work full-time at that agency or organization for time certain, uh, you are able, you may be able to receive what is known as a public service loan forgiveness uh, student loan uh, relief program or participate in that program. There's another, okay, and but you have to work. It requires uh, that you made 120 qualifying monthly payments under the qualifying repayment plan while you were working as a full-time employee for the qualifying employer. So it might just be that you would have had to make 10 years worth of payments in order to qualify for this one that was related to your employer. But it might just be that while you're working, you're paying a reduced amount. um, And I don't believe that you can get away with if you are under deferment. So I'm just highlighting these things. That's why you need to go to the source to get the information. But generally, what's great about this, you work for an, an organization, you pay your student loan debt for 10 years, and then the rest of it is forgiven, even if you have to pay the full amount for the 10 years. Then there's another program, the Teacher's Loan Forgiveness Program. If you teach full-time for five complete and consecutive academic years in a low-income elementary school or secondary school, or you work for an educational service agency, you may be eligible for forgiveness of up to $17,500 of your student loan. A third category is closed school discharge. If your school closes while you're enrolled or soon after you withdraw, you may be eligible for the discharge of your federal student loan portion of your debt. There are certain eligibility requirements to qualify for the closed school loan discharge, and you must apply for this. It's not going to come to you. You have to go to it. It's important that you obtain your academic and financial aid records from the school that closed because you're going to need that as evidence. So I would suggest if you, you, you think your school is going to close or you're going to withdraw, make sure you take your records with you. Then there's something called the Perkins Loan Cancellation and Discharge, such as the Perkins Loans Teacher Cancellation Program. You may be eligible to have all or a portion of your Perkins Loan canceled based on your employment or voluntary service or discharge under certain conditions. 
you may qualify for a cancellation of up to 100% of your federal Perkins loan if you have served full-time in a public or nonprofit elementary or secondary school or as a teacher in a school serving uh, students from low income, as a special education teacher, and, and that includes if you're teaching, working with toddlers or infants or children or youth with disabilities, or three, uh, you're in a, you're teaching a highly a desirable skill to these uh, students, such as STEM, so mathematics, science, science, foreign language, bilingual education, or any other field or expertise determined by a state agency where there's a shortage of qualified teachers. So if you're a teacher, you might want to go into one of these fields and the government can help fund your education after the fact. Then also there's, you are eligible for uh, loan forgiveness under the total and permanent disability discharge. That means if you're totally and permanently discharged, you may qualify for a discharge of your federal student loans and or your teacher education assistant for college and higher education grant service obligations. You have to be able to show in order to take advantage of this discharge um, you have to bring documentation of your disability, and they take three sources, the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, the Social Security Administration, or your physician. But there are specific requirements, so you need to make sure you meet them. Then there's the discharge due to death. You know, okay, unlike taxes, it appears that if you die, you don't have to pay back your student loan. And this also applies to your parents if they've taken out a parent loan to co-sign for you, they're off the hook as well. And it also applies to your parents if they took out the student loan and they die. So again, the difference between, you know, dealing with the Department of Education and the Internal Revenue Service appears that taxes don't, um, your student loan debt doesn't follow you to the grave. Then there's also the defense to repayment, which I talked about earlier. I mentioned it earlier. You may be eligible for discharge of your federal student loan based on the borrower defense to repayment if you took out the loan to attend a school and the school did something or failed to do something related to your loan or educational service that that loan was intended to pay. The specific requirements to qualify for a borrower defense to repayment discharge vary depending upon on the loan you received and the facts and circumstances. But in essence, you may be eligible for the borrower defense to loan repayment to discharge some or all of your federal student loan debt if you're able to convince the student aid folks that your school misled you or engaged in other misconduct in violation of certain state laws where your school is located. Then there's also kind of subtending this is the false certification discharge. That's where your school forged your name or, or put something before the Department of Education that you did not agree with or sometimes did not even know about. Basically, you're st- it's, it's a false certification that you were eligible for the loan and um, they did it without your knowledge. 
And they also might have signed the loan application or the promissory note without your authorization. So that's a, it's, that's why it's called the defense. You didn't do anything wrong, so you're defending yourself. Then there's the unpaid refund discharge. That's where you withdrew from school and the school should have refunded the money back to the Department of Education. They didn't do it. Uh, you're on the hook. But me, if you can show that uh, you did withdraw timely, uh, that's a defense for you as well. So how do you deal with these? How do you get forgiveness? You need to contact the loan servicer. That's the entity that sends you the bill every month or sends you the email every month. It's time to pay someone. If you have a Perkins loan and you should contact the school that made the loan to make sure that you have all of the right information. Again, you can can get this information I'm sharing with you today from the U.S. Department of Education Federal Student Aid website located at www.studentaid.gov. So we're going to leave it there for now, but always in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including laws dealing with your ability to both educate yourselves and your children and still be able to afford to live by getting some or all of your debt discharged. But in the meantime, please get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated until we have herd immunity. And even if you're vaccinated, use your, you know, the good sense that God gave you to keep your social distance, mask up and wash your hands. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.